0: Welcome back to another
1: episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. And I know I say this for a lot of people, but y'all don't even know I practically didn't sleep last night knowing that I was going to be talking to my guest today because I have known Matt Drinkon, Coach Matt Drinkon, for 30 years, y'all. I've known this guy forever, but in a good way, in a really good way. So (laughs) you may not know who Coach Matt is, but I do. So let me share a little bit about Matt. He is the father of three young ladies, happy husband to his queen, Julie. Oh God, I love that so much, and it totally fits you. (laughs) He's had 130 million in career sales, to 2,500 employees, direct reports, and independent contractors as part of his business. And now he helps recovering perfectionists to keep things simple and grow their businesses while doing it. And this is what I'm really excited about. He has now started a podcast and he is the host and executive producer of the eternal optimist podcast, which launched in 2022. I'm so excited. So welcome to the show, Matt.
2: Boom! Thank you, Jenny. I much appreciate it. Oh, meatloaf, meatloaf, meatloaf. Uh, that, <laughs> that's our safe word because I would do anything for business, but I won't do that.
1: Not that. Uh, no. Nope, nope. Nope. Oh, great! Now somebody's safe worded me. First time. It only took 150 episodes, y'all.
2: <laughs> well, I, I say for it, and you, I, I feel very safe and, and I feel Good. great about having this discussion today. And it, it is a real thrill to reconnect after this number of years and to see, you know, all the things that have happened in both of our lives since then. Just it's a real thrill and honor to be here today, Jenny. So thank you for the invite.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It was really interesting. I got to catch my own breath here because seriously, I'm not even kidding you. I was super excited telling my boyfriend last night that I get to talk to you and he's like, you don't get excited for anybody but Jack Canfield. I was like, right, that's that's a big deal, right? So, you know, because, I mean, I do like talking to people, I do. But Matt, one of the things that I don't know that you know is that you are part of my story, not just in that we knew each other in high school, but you and I had a conversation a few years ago. We were talking, and I think we had reached out to connect just to see what was going on in one another's lives. I was mm-hmm. killing it in my direct sales business. You had just gotten into your, or had been coaching for a while, I don't remember. And I remember you asked me a question. You were like, where, where do you wanna go? What do you wanna do? And I remember my answer to you shocked me because what came out of my mouth was I either want to coach or be a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And one of them is way less expensive to get into.
2: <laughs> mm, yes, yes. <laughs> That, that, that's a great question. I mean, I think that everyone should ask that question themselves on a regular recurring basis. Like, what do I want now? What do I want most? And ask yourself, are you moving towards what you want now or towards what you want most? And you are moving towards what you really wanted the most. You wanted to be a coach. Yeah. And from what I can see from your podcast, from your website, from the way that you follow it up, you're doing a damn good job of it. So Thank I'm glad you. we had that conversation. If I could play any part in your in your journey, I'm just just happy to hear that. That's great.
1: Oh, now you're you're absolutely part of my story in so many different ways that we just don't have time to
2: go into. <laughs> well, we could. We could go and tell everyone in the crowd about uh, the twister uh, experience oh, back in high school because yes, we were in high school together in Indiana back in 93. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. We 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 were playing twister at your house with your sister and our friend Chris. What's yeah. up Chris? If you listen to this, good to see you, bud. Oh god, uh, I'm so
1: tagging him.
2: Yes. <laughs> i'm <laughs> well, telling you I, I see him sometimes now online he's into cars uh, he's got all kinds of different facial hair and ha- i remember him back in the day he was one of my best friends back in high school i think uh, all of us were really good yeah. friends living there in the circle together and yeah. um i remember fondly the twister days even riding <laughs> the bus together oh, uh and when we got cars and driving to school together there was there were some good memories there
1: oh you guys uh, were all you guys all got to drive before i did that's that was sad because, I mean, it was okay, but I didn't get to learn to drive. I didn't get my driver's license after I moved. It was crazy. Anyway, Mm. anyway, I digress. Mm. We, as you, the listener, can tell, we have history. So Mm. tell me, let's catch people up on your story, right? So we're in high school together. We go our separate way. We reconnected in college because thank God for the internet. We were able to reconnect. And then what happened? What, Where'd you go in life after college and give us the overview of life for you?
2: Mm. So, from the time that we finished knowing each other for that time period in life in 93 ish, mm-hmm. uh, I went on a journey to become a professional golfer. Uh, yeah. Everything around me was, I want to be a pro golfer. Uh, I went to college and wanted to play pro golf there, got cut from the team the first year. So, it wasn't going the exact right way. And then, as I'm getting ready to, one year away from graduating, I'm realizing the only experience that I have in the whole world right now is cutting grass on a golf course in the summertime, going door-to-door and selling magazines, uh, not even for money, just doing it so I could earn a, a Nintendo system back in the day. I waited tables in college. I didn't have any job experience in the resume that I thought was a good backup in case the pro golf thing didn't work out. <laughs> and you know, since I wasn't even on the team and I wasn't traveling to varsity matches, once I made the team my last couple of years in college, I figured might as well uh, get some experience. So I'm riding the back seat of a car on the way to the Waffle House at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'd had a couple of adult beverages. I'm 21 years of age. And I see a <laughs> sign on the side of the road that says summer work, $11 per appointment. And I called the sign. And before you know it, I am now selling Cutco Cutlery, mm. working with Vector Marketing. And I did that as I finished up my junior year and went through that summer. And I absolutely fell in love with sales. I love the unlimited opportunity for income. I love the flexibility. I love I could be myself. I love that I got to go and learn something new about people every time I did it. And I've always had a product that I sold since day one until this day we're in right now that I completely believed in. It's the best product of its kind, and mm. I still believe those Cutco knives were fantastic. So. I did cut go for about six years with great success, uh, made a lot of great connections, relationships, made a good income, impacted a lot of lives, recruited a bunch of people, all of that, did great at that. And then my dad died. Uh, and that was a little bit shocking and jarring. So I took some time off. I read in his diary that my mom gave me and said, read this. And he said that his only regret is he wished he could have caddied for me in the pro tour. So Uh, I got a cut go. I went and tried to play pro golf for real this time at the age of 28. I had money. So a little bit of sponsoring myself to try to do that. And as it turns out, I did not do very well with that. And after spending most of the money we had, I had to go and get a real job after 30 months, Mm -hmm. 30 months. So I went to corporate America, got my real job for someone for the first time in my life. I went to work for a company called clear or clear wire. And uh, we ended up selling internet services and phone services and, you know, did, uh, did a lot of business with them and opened up several of their big offices. And then one fine day, the house of cards thing that happened on episode one, season one happened to me where I had to go and lay off like 15 employees (sighs) in, in in a span of a few hours. And I was told this the day before, and that was very challenging. That's the way the corporate works, the world works sometimes. And that was the hardest day of my professional career. And a month later. I got laid off, mm. uh, you know, and that was challenging, but it was also very positive because I saved a lot of money. I was still single at the time and I was living in Boston. Things were going great in life. So I was actually kind of relieved and thrilled, came down here, you know, work, worked down here in a corporate job for three years, still love the people of this day, We've got great relationships there. I decided I got the H to be an entrepreneur again, you know, and I had, my money was up. I'd met Julie. Um, my wife today. I almost said my wife today. She's my wife forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I met Julie, uh, fell in love with her and we got married. And before you know it, now I start a coaching business and it's eight years ago. And now the coaching business is, is thriving. I'm a top producer in a company that has about 150 coaches in it. And I've been that way, uh, been in this company for eight years, uh, you know, coaching recovering perfectionists and highly functioning workaholics. You want to keep things simple. So helping them focus. Awesome. And what that really means is I coach CEOs and leadership teams on how to bring the culture into their team, on how to be transparent, real in their communication. And of course, the business side of it, how to keep focused on the most important stuff. Mm. You know? And that has been thriving. And I'm very grateful to do that. And that brings us to, uh, to today. To I mean, today. that catches us up.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. And so, with all of this experience, you know, because you've been on the entrepreneur side, you've been in the direct sales network marketing side, which is amazing because that's who's listening to this show right now are entrepreneurs and direct sales and network marketers. How did you end up deciding to now start a podcast? What got you going in that direction?
2: couple things. Number one is that I, feel always positive as, mm-hmm. as a result of being in sales for so long where I had call reluctance. I had the fears come in, the overcoming objections, everything that goes into the mindset of an entrepreneur and a sales professional. I had all those fears, and all those challenges. And I was coached and I had good leadership around me and a good support system around me. Thank God. And they have helped this self-esteem and this belief system build over time. And as a result of this, I wanted to get back and and add some value into the world because the world today, I I see this, this lens of the world as being so much more advanced, so much more positive. I mean, people are living longer, people are happier, people make more money. If you look at the news, if you look at social media, That's not exactly the story that we're being told out there. The most curated story is negativity. If you watch the news every day, which I haven't watched the news in a decade, I couldn't tell you what's going on every day on the Mm -hmm. news other than 10 to 1 negative to positive. And I want to be a force for good in the world and help people to see that there is a silver lining. You just need to shift your lens the way you look at things. And to see that lens. I created the Eternal Optimist podcast to be able to interview successful people and success can mean people that have done it in business, in their family, in their community, in their church, people who've overcome addiction, you name it. I want to interview someone that has a a challenging story where they are overcoming or have overcome something really hard. So everyone else can see out there, you know, and to your audience specifically, direct sales folks, entrepreneurs, those who struggle with any type of internal challenge, self-talk, you know, self-deprecation, whatever it might be. Others have done it and you can do it too. And I want to spread that message passionately and for the rest of my life. And that is my mission in life is to spread this message of hope and that you can do it too. Just learn how and and learn the skills necessary to, in the real world, above the waterline, structure your business and your life the way that helps you do that. And then under the waterline, behind the scenes, in your brain, learn how to speak to yourself, coach yourself, soothe yourself when you need to, so that you have the fuel in the tank to go after what you want. So that's. What our podcast is all about in a nutshell is hope and you can do it too.
1: Oh my God. I love it so hard it, it, because my, my badass That's what crew. she said. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Oh my gosh. Cause my badass crew listening here, they know that I am an eternal optimist. I'm always looking for the silver lining. Always looking for mm, that. Oh yeah. It's not surprising. I've always been that person. You've known me since I was 15, right?
2: One of the reasons I love you, you've always been that. You've always had a way about you that I would call you there. There's two types of people out there. There's the energy vampires that suck it all out of you and you don't want to be around them. And then there's the people that just enhance and add value and give you energy and just, just seeing your name and seeing your artwork on your podcast. And within seeing you in two seconds, I felt like I was 15 again and i was really <laughs> happy i couldn't explain it but i was just really fired up about it and that's the kind of people i want to surround myself with and that's the kind of people that we it it it's my imperative yeah to help spread that radiance to others so that their radiance can be mm-hmm. can be greater and brighter than their darkness we've all yes. got darkness oh yeah but i want to coach and help people bring that radiance out
1: oh i definitely agree with that because here's the thing you know people have said to me in the past or <laughs> have posted on social media, surprise, surprise, you know, that somebody can't possibly be that positive And, you know, they think it's a like a Pollyanna, everything's through rose colored glasses. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute that you think mine are rose colored, mine are lavender. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love what you're saying, because That is the common misconception about an Mm -hmm. optimist. And I'll I'll go a step further and say an eternal optimist. An optimist is someone who might see things through a positive lens. That does not necessarily mean that everything is all rosy and that we are not also realists and we can't see like the real stuff going on. No, that's BS. We can see the real things that are going on. I would go a step further and say an eternal optimist is someone who sees things through a positive lens. And the eternal part is they're constantly trying to figure out how they might take some of that challenging stuff they see out there and convert that into an opportunity or see the hard stuff and convert it or transfer it into something that they can use to impact themselves, impact the world. You know, I, I have a, a list of my core values up here behind the webcam. And one of those, it says, I'm hungry for progress. You know, I always mm-hmm. want to constantly be learning as to how today's challenges can be tomorrow's opportunities. Like for example, in sales, if you get a no sale, if you get someone that you thought was going to be on the hook, they were going to buy the biggest package you had to offer. Offer, and they ended up saying no and ghosting you. It's happened to all of us. Well, oh, yeah. how might we learn to convert this process that caused someone to go away and ghost us into something that has less ghosting and gets them to say yes in the first place? Or how might we learn to qualify them better in the first place so that we can get that ideal client in here? You now, so everything is a learning opportunity. It's not a setback unless we just stop in our tracks. It's only a setback at that point.
1: Yeah. So- and I think to the eternal optimist or at least the way i look at it when someone ghosts me i dodged a bullet like that's my silver lining right Mm because if they're gonna ghost me they're probably ghosting other people and that Mm -hmm. explains why they're having difficulty in their business and they're not ready to make that change right Mm -hmm. so i see it as you know hey one less person that i need to follow up with awesome right like Mm -hmm. i i think Mm -hmm. i think that that whole glass half full thing right that you also have as your logo which i totally love by the way um mm. that glass half full piece what i think people miss out on is it's not just that optimists see it as glass half full but the glass is refillable y'all <laughs> like mm. i saw that meme Brilliant. on facebook one time and i was like oh that's yep 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 that's me cuz i that's not my idea i'm not going to claim that idea but I own it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I live that. It's it's about knowing that you can pour more into the glass. It's refillable. <laughs>
2: like love it. And, and I, I'm a, am a big yes and person. You don't hear me say but very often. I love the yes and. So I'm going to build on top of what you just said with hopes you might build on what I'm going to say. And and what yes. I would say when you're talking about it's refillable, I would say that we as people are refillable. And how you might structure or move forward refilling yourself might be, you know, what is your, your way that you're consistently learning? You know, a, a best practice for me is that I've been practicing my friend, Hal Elrod introduced me to the miracle morning seven years ago. I've been doing a miracle morning for 98% of the days ever since, you know, so from four 30 to six 20 every morning, you know, six days a week, I will get up and I will do the exercises in that book. And this is how I consistently learn from my mistakes. It's how I reconcile the challenges that come at me. I'm literally in a laboratory every morning which is my den over there next to Peloton. I'm literally in a laboratory every morning working on my game. And Mm. if if anyone out there truly wants it, whatever it is for them, if it's wealth, if it's financial freedom, if it's flexibility, it's more time with your kids, whatever it might be, there is a way to get that. And that involves figuring out how you might best learn, how you might best take wherever you are right now and just Mm get 1% better each and every day, each and every month. And that would be one way that I do it. When you say refillable, I think refill through constant learning. Yes. How would you build on that, Jenny?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. OK, yes. And, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and. Right.
1: I, huge, huge, huge. I think with that, not just the learning piece, but the implementation, because information mm-hmm. minus implementation is just information. Information plus implementation equals growth. So taking what you learn and actually putting it into practice. So you just said, I read the book Miracle Morning, my friend Hal Elrod, which really your friend? Or do you just call him that because you read his book? I got it. Out. He's a
2: friend. He's a front row dad, personal friend. Awesome guy.
1: Oh, my God. I would so love to meet him, by the way. So we'll save that for another conversation. Anyway, so <laughs> I read the book. Love it but the implementation is really the important piece because learning is great, yes, 100%, and put it into action. If you don't put it into action, then what did you just spend time doing, whether it was reading the book, attending your convention, because this episode is gonna go out right in the middle of direct sales and network marketing convention season. They all have their conventions in summertime, so people are are either coming out of convention time or they're getting ready to go to their uh, company's convention if you don't put it into practice that time you spent there was wonderful and you connected with people but if you don't take what you learned there and put it into practice why why did you even go you know
2: a thousand percent and and here's a real life example of how that might look when you put it into practice i remember when covid started a couple years ago i actually was kind of scared that you know, this coaching thing, this may not be like paying your employees or keeping the lights on. So I might have some people to leave as clients. And I thought this, mm-hmm. this might be challenging for the business. It turned out to be the exact opposite. Uh, now that it's same, you know, now that it's changed because people want some, some feedback and an ear and strategy. But I would say this, when it happened back on March 19th, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, I started to put what you just said into play. I started to make a plan to reach out to, my goal was to reach out to 3,000 people and to do that as quickly as possible. 10 weeks later, I'd reach out to 968 people and I had 254 people that had actually responded back to me. So if you do some quick numbers here, reach out to 968, 254 respond, that means that over 700 people that are in my first degree warm market didn't even respond to me. So for those of you out there in direct sales who are wondering about and fearful of how might they perceive you, that's the first thing we get rid of right away. Because I had people in my first degree network, like over 700 didn't even respond. Well, guess what did happen? 254 did respond, which led to 51 conversations, which led to 20 leads that I handed off to coaches in my organization. And it led to four ideal new clients for me. And my business doubled that year as a result Mm. of some of that positive proactive reach out. Right now in the podcast, another example, brand new podcast, we're seven and a half weeks in, got a little bit over a couple thousand, about 2,400 and something downloads so far, 2,400 to 2,500 downloads. And I'm not sure how it's going to grow from here. You told me your numbers earlier. I aspire to that. So how am <laughs> I going to make that happen? Well, it's not by thinking about it, right? You know, it's my <laughs> consistent implementation. The way that I'm implementing right now, my goal for the third quarter, which I've already started, 21 reach outs a day to people in my warm network that I haven't talked to in more than a year. That's 1,800 reach outs for the quarter. You know, that's how I started the podcast by moving my first 500 reach outs. You know, I'm, I'm going to do 1800 this quarter and I've got some big name guests coming on. So I am expecting it to grow. The target is 25,000 downloads for the quarter. That's what I want. So we'll mm. see uh, how we do on that. But ultimately, you are 100% right. It's you got to think through your strategy and you got to implement in fact, I'm more of the ready, fire, aim school of, of thought now, <laughs> and and that's what keeps a lot of us on the sidelines. Is we we aim so long that we don't take action. I'm feeling you're an action taker, and I am too. And that's that's the big one of the big keys.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so funny that you bring that up because one of the episodes that I did a little over a year ago, and I was just talking to one of my clients about it, is an episode called Ready, Aim, Aim,
2: oh, aim, yeah.
1: aim, right? <laughs> yes. Um, And and I got that from my dad because that's apparently a thing in the military that they talked about is all these people who, you know, would get ready and they would aim and then they just couldn't, wouldn't, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to put in there, Mm -hmm. pull the trigger. They wouldn't fire. And that ready aim, you know, getting ready only does so much, right? You know, there's a reason why in the world of direct sales and network marketing and MLM, ignorance on fire is better than knowledge Mm -hmm. on ice. Right?
2: Yeah. right. I've never heard that. That's awesome. Yeah. you've
1: never heard that? Oh Mm. my gosh. Ignorance Mm -hmm. on fire. That was me when I started my direct sales business. I didn't know what I was doing. I keep all of my social media posts, memories like visible to me so I can see the mistakes I made on social media. 12 years ago when I started my direct sales <laughs> business, because I want to be like, oh, yeah, I came so far. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I want to see I want to see the mistakes I made so I can show people like, look, I made it to number one in my company. My team made it to number one in the world. Even with me making mistakes, yes, thank God I'm not perfect because, oh, man, oh, man, how could I ever teach anybody how to be perfect? I'm not, I'm still to this day, make mistakes, screw up. It's all good. Cause each one of them is a learning opportunity. So, but yeah, the ignorance on fire is so important because those are action takers.
2: Yes. You're, you're making me uh, smile and laugh. I'm thinking about, I actually started this podcast four years ago, Uh, a friend of mine and I, Brian, we actually recorded the first few episodes And we went back and had a bottle of wine and watched them and laughed our butts off. They were so boring and disjointed and didn't know where it was going. And it took some time to to crystallize the thinking. And this has always been priority number six or seven on the list. Right. Right. So it never really got right front and center. That's another thought is that if you've got nine different things that you're focused on, all of them are getting just a little bit of it then you're not yeah. really making much progress. Why not focus on one thing go all in? You know, yes. it's that ignorance on fire on one thing. And then when you you grow your skill and your discipline, then you can focus on multiple things at once. But I love the idea of, you know, the ignorance on fire, knowledge on ice. I've written that down. I'm going to start using that in my practice right away. Thank you very oh, much.
1: Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea where it came. I got it from my mentor when I was active in my company. Her name is Mary Grace Lewandowski. And I know she got it from somewhere probably Jack Canfield cuz she quoted Jack Canfield more than anybody else and that's where my love of Jack Canfield really started. So, mm. oh my gosh, love mm. that guy. Man, I got to interview him and oh, oh my god. He's amazing. Anyway,
2: what was what was the most amazing part about that experience in interviewing him? I'd, I'd love to hear a nugget uh, if you have one.
1: The most amazing part was hearing how he handled uh the the switch in covid because he actually at the beginning of 2020 had almost a million dollars in live events coming up that year that they had Mm -hmm. to cancel he had eight hundred thousand dollars in contracts that he had to let go Mm. and he's got a staff he's got employees that he had to pay what did he do to make sure his employees got paid
2: what what
1: he went into network marketing
2: wow Right. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Talk about validation, like
2: whatever it takes to serve your people. When Mm -hmm. Jack
1: Canfield says, oh, I need to make money. Where does he go? Network marketing Mm -hmm. brought his team in, got them all started, trained them up, taught them how to do network marketing the way that Jack Canfield does it. And now they were making money. Plus, he was making money and turning, turning around and taking the money that he made from them, from his team and paying them with it.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely
1: he's like i don't need it my team needs to be paid so he yes. that's how he made sure that he was able to still continue to pay his people and i was like oh, God, i loved you before but now i love you more i didn't, I didn't think that was possible but you know because i keep i keep my success principles book right here at my desk for those of you you're not watching this because nice. this is not a video podcast but i'm holding up the success principles book because it's literally right here but yeah, Jenny, so.
2: I, I, I'm curious if mm-hmm. if no one's watching it and we are recording and I can see you. I know that we're recording the audio. What uh-huh. do you do with the videos? Do you put them on a YouTube channel or is it just for us to?
1: It's so to we see? have visual cues. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. 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 No, totally. No, it's because otherwise what I have found, because I'm also, I have auditory processing disorder, which I did not know until about five years ago, but I need the visual cues. It helps me read people's lips. And then I also... That way you can tell when somebody's really done with speaking and that way my my editors. Right. You guys are getting to hear the backside of this. Like we're pulling back the curtain and showing you how podcasters work. Right. Um, The video goes nowhere, literally goes nowhere. I don't do anything with it because I don't edit video. I don't have the time, the wherewithal, the choice. Mm -hmm. I don't choose to. I tried doing a YouTube channel and you can go find me on YouTube. Nobody watched it. Nobody went and found it. My audience listens to me on podcasts. Found I tried your sweet
2: it. spot. Yeah, yep. love it.
1: So love the it. video for me goes nowhere. I literally delete it to save room on my computer. Yep, so.
2: Well, thank you for that. Thank you. Yep. And, and it, just, it goes to reinforce <laughs> that you focus on what you're best at mm-hmm. uh, and you grow in the area where growth is possible for you. And if you're getting feedback that you know this is, this is the place, you're a master at this already. So yeah, go that way. Yeah. Well, thank so you. Way. I appreciate that. Don't get that.
1: diluted. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that. So what I want to help the badass crew do now is because here's the great thing about podcast listeners. Podcasts are like Pringles. You can't have just one. If you're looking for another podcast, <laughs> guys, you need to go listen to Matt's podcast.
2: Wink, wink. I'm winking right now. Yes. I'm <laughs> listening to Matt's podcast. <laughs> yeah, because
1: I know podcast listeners are always looking for the next The next great one to listen to, to add to their repertoire. Eternal Optimist is going to be a great one for you. And by the way, guys, you're going to get to hear me on it pretty soon. We don't know when because we're going to book me on his show afterwards, but you're Mm going to get to hear me on it. So you may as well just start listening now. So that way you don't miss the episode that I'm going to be on. So go check out the Eternal Optimist podcast. We will make sure that we have the link in the show notes. For those of you who are listening to the show for the very first time, here's how you get to the show notes. Grab your phone, as long as you're not driving, click on today's episode and scroll up just a little bit and you'll see their show notes in there and you can click and go directly to the Eternal Optimist podcast and we'll put the links to all the five major places so that way no matter where you get your podcast, you can find his podcast and you can start listening right away. And then, of course, my badass crew, they already know how to do all that because they've heard me give that explanation like 150 times now. So, <laughs>
2: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, you for doing that. You have a great voice. Appreciate that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, I've been working on You sell me obviously. better than
2: I sell me. Thank you.
1: Well, that's that's how this works. You know how that's you know that that's how that works, right? Like we can always sell other people better than we sell ourselves, right? Because we have mm. no attachment. Mm. Right? That's I have fa- no attachment. You know, mm. I have no attachment about whether or not somebody decides to go listen to your podcast or not. Now, because you're my friend. I really hope they do, but it's not going to kill me if they don't right now, if, if I talk to somebody about my podcast and they're like, yeah, no, I'm not my thing.
2: (laughs) Oh, Oh. well then let me tell you, if you haven't heard. Jenny's podcast, which you listen to it right now. It is phenomenal. It's amazing. I heard, I've heard i heard five episodes so far. I'm going to listen to more of them. I'm actually subscribed to it. And I love it. When I see your artwork come up, it gives me a little bit of inspiration just to know that you can be yourself in this world. You can go and crush it. You know, And if anyone out there needs to hear it, then you can do it. You yeah. can do it. So, yeah,
1: I you. love that. Yeah. I mean, I, my training falls in the realm of NLP and one of the, basic tenets of neuro-linguistic programming is if anyone can do it, anyone else can do it, right? If Mm -hmm. one person has done it, right? So the Mm -hmm. story that I tell around that is how long did it take for the four minute mile to get broken until 1954 when Roger Bannister did it? Guess Mm -hmm. how long it took for his record to get broken? Less than two weeks. Wow. Less than two weeks weeks after Mm -hmm. the four-minute mile record got broken, they broke it again. And then a week later, someone broke it again. It's continually getting broken. That record is continually getting broken by tenths of a second now, guys. But it took one person doing it because up until that point, nobody believed it was possible. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. once people found out that it was possible, it started happening, which tells me it was a mental game. People thought they couldn't do it which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, when Matt and I say, if you see someone else doing it, if you see someone else in your company killing it in sales, you can do it too. In killing it in team growth, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. All of those things that they're doing are learnable skills. These are not innate. And mm-hmm. you know how I know that? Mm-hmm. You know how I know that? Because none of us were born speaking English. None of us could ah, speak true. English when we were That's born. True. In fact, none of us could speak or walk or talk at all. So it's Mm -hmm. all a learnable skill. So if someone in your company is doing it, so can you. You just need to choose to learn those skills.
2: That's right. Another way we know is that you did it. Yeah. And I did it. And if we can do it, believe me, anyone can do it. (laughs) Because I remember when we were 14, 15 years old, you wouldn't have think we were going to be the the sales professionals in the world, lighten it up. And somehow, some way, we found a way.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Don't. Well, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's because we're action takers. And that's something that's something that I think we even had to our advantage even back in high school. We took action. We were not sitting around doing whatever. Mm-hmm. We did mm-hmm. what we needed to do in order to achieve what we wanted to do when we wanted to. So mm-hmm. we just kept that going. So I think that's really important. But man, now I have to have you back because we have to talk. Ugh, there's so much more we can talk about here. Man, I, I could talk to you
2: forever, Matt. Yeah, uh, uh, ditto. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, we'll
1: uh, definitely have you back and we're going to get me on your show as well because, man, we got to talk more about this optimism thing and I'm happy to tell my story there.
2: I'd love to. Let's do it. Let's book it right now and yes. thank you uh, for inviting <laughs> me to your show again. And it was, It's been great to connect
1: absolutely now, and so badass crew you guys know how this goes make sure you go check out the link in the show notes for matt's podcast the eternal optimist or just go search the eternal optimist on your favorite podcast app wherever you're listening now because i'm sure it's there i'm sure he's got it all over the place because that's what podcasters do we make sure that we're findable everywhere
2: that's right and so quickly and first
1: exactly
2: (laughs) (laughs) very (laughs) much so
1: and Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there is another Badass episode on its way. Hey, Badass Crew, Jenny B here. I want to start by thanking Gina, Matt, Jessica, and Renee for finding me on social media and connecting with me. If you've been listening to the show for a while, find me on your favorite social media platform. Friend request me and send me a message letting me know that you're a member of the Badass Crew. I want to meet you. Trust me, I will fangirl on you so hard because I love you. So go find all of my pertinent social media links right in the show notes.
0: Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery podcast with your direct sales Dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip.